Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success Radio show number 456 from transactional to transformational culture. Today we're going to be talking about how to deepen engagement with employee advocacy and amplification strategies that flip the traditional script of company storytelling into the hands of its employees. I'm Jo Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage for Success core team. The Engage for Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, inspiring people and workplaces to thrive. And we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to our website, engageforsuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list and all our social media links are there too. My guest today is Carlin Holbrook, who's connector, communicator and change leader at Disney. So welcome, Carlin. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Joe, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Lovely. So you were just telling me you've been at Disney for 25 years. So tell us more. Tell us what you do. Yeah, Ben, this was my college job, and I'm using air quotes to say that. Um, I started when I was 19 um, in California at Disneyland. That was my first job. And um, so through all, I've been all over the world um, at Disney. I've been very grateful to have you know, worked at Paris and Hong Kong and Shanghai and Aulani um, helped opening that resort and, um, and worked at ABC. So did a lot of the television group stuff too over that time, mostly communications and public affairs um, and a little bit of marketing. But my job today um, is I work in communications and public affairs and I am mm -hmm. the digital uh, senior digital integration manager or comms manager for employee culture and connections as part of our communications group. Lovely. So tell, tell us about how, how that sort of works, because we obviously get people with different roles from different uh, teams on here. Um, often we have HR people, often we have internal communications and so on. Um, and obviously organisations are all set up differently and, and have different sort of ways of emphasising uh, the, the engagement work that they do. Um, what's the sort of setup in, in Disney? and yeah. you know, how your bit fits in? Yeah, it's a great question because I, I get that question a lot because I think people are more familiar with the traditional internal communications title mm -hmm. and role. And uh, we're actually a fairly new team. We've existed for about a year and a half. And I have um, a visionary leader that saw that it, it's when we're communicating to our employees and we call our employees cast members, at least in Disney parks, um, and when we're communicating to them, it's not just about internal channels. So when you hear internal communications, a lot of people are, oh, that's the intranet site. That's, you know, internal leadership talking points, uh, email, yeah. you know, all the things that we're used mm -hmm. to kind of as traditional internal communications. And what our team does is we're trying to actually take internal to external and really it's more of like a mixed kernel. So we, we still do have some of the traditional mechanisms of internal communications, but we are more focused on meeting our employees, meeting our cast where they are, which is really in social and social media and on things like LinkedIn and TikTok and Instagram, et cetera. And of course, you know, online and blogs and websites. And it's definitely been a journey because, you know, not everybody internally, um, leaders and otherwise are comfortable yet. And of course, 
you know, what are you putting out there? Why are you, you know, communicating broadly out there? And it's, it's really, we're, we're capitalizing where our audience is. And mm. we know that we know consumer behavior is the same as our employee behavior. And I think we just, in the past, we've compartmentalized those two way too much and, yeah. um, and not treated them in the same way. And so that's what our team is there for is how do we make those connections? How do we increase and enhance our culture, but how do we do it in a way that's going to be just the same behavior that you and I have when we're off the clock, so to speak, is we use our mobile mm. device, right? We're going online, mm. we're going to social, we're going, you know, to media, you know, different websites, et cetera. We're not, we're not necessarily taking four screens to log into something that's gated behind a firewall. And so, <laughs> so much of our yeah. storytelling, we realize why can't we let other people see the stories? Why are we just posting a lot of the stories and the, the great authentic, um, you know, stories that our employees share? just in an internal site where only our employees and our cast members can see it. Why not let the world see how wonderful our cast, how wonderfully diverse, how wonderfully talented, you know, they are. So that's why we've started using more external um, sites to tell our story. Mm -hmm. So another question that I, I, I'm sure must be in some people's heads um, around organizations like Disney is, is it easier to engage your people and to, 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 you know build these relations within the organization when you're working in such a sort of exciting sort of industry and, and company I, I, I sort of I sort of think oh surely everyone comes to work and they're really happy you don't have any issues because it's Disney <laughs> I'm yeah. sure that is not true so. no <laughs> I mean <laughs> no I, I love that and and also kind of building off my la the last question you asked too I mean we do still have communications teams that are called internal communications teams that are at every site around the world and every line of business so whether it's our parks and resorts um our consumer um, products brand, which is like Shop Disney, if people are familiar with that. And of course, our Imagineers. Um, I would say, no, I think we're definitely like most companies in the sense that it's not all picky, pixie dust and Mickey Mouse. Um, <laughs> we're humans, right? We're human beings, not human doings. And, and we all have opinions and we all, you know, have passions about things. And mm -hmm. because we are such a huge, diverse company, I think that therein lies some of the challenge too, is just how do we create things that are both global so we're consistent across you know our brand um however still deliver on the site specific or location and regional specific needs of our audiences and it can be very challenging to do that um mm -hmm. and of course everyone has opinions of how to do that i will say yeah. what i do and and you know that takes a lot of we have a very um collaborative organization and a very connected organization and I think, which is good in one way that, you know, highly collaborative, but it's bad in the other way in the sense of, okay, well, who has the final decision-making power on this? Like, who, mm -hmm. like, we all have an opinion and we're all there and we're all, you know, showing up for it. But at the end of the day, who makes that call? And sometimes that can be challenging to figure out in, a, in an organization yeah. of our size and complexity. Um, I will yeah. say though, I think people do come to Disney because they are passionate about the brand. They are people, people for the most part. And so if mm -hmm. you can harness that for good and work together, it, it always is good. But yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I think, you know, when you have that kind of passion and opinions, it doesn't always necessarily, um, you know, sometimes it takes a lot of negotiating yeah. and compromising. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So the show title was from transactional to transformational culture. What, what's the difference? What, what does that actually mean? 
Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I feel for me personally, what I call transactional communication is really one-way communication. So this is a very traditional types of channels that we use very top down usually, leadership cascades. It starts at the top box on your org chart and pushes things down through the organization in which often you get that terrible game of telephone in which some people cascade the information to their team, some people don't, some people share it and some people don't. Um, but also that's that's one way. There's no way of really responding kind of up the chain, so to speak, or back up the ladder. Um, Mm -hmm. I think email email in itself is a very transactional mechanism. When we talk, when we think about that's just one example, right? And when we think about transformational, um, the way I define that is how do we create places for people to go and have real and authentic dialogue and conversations? And I think that is both in the social aspects of communication channels. How do you be okay with letting people comment and encouraging commenting and encouraging sharing and encouraging kind of two way? I think traditionally a lot of companies are a little scared of that because they're worried about what people are going to say, what people are going to comment on or who mm -hmm. they're going to forward something to. Um, but we, I think we just so desperately need to get into this transformational space because it really is where people are. And I think it also is about being a transformational leader. So transactional leaders are leaders who say, go do what I'm telling you to do. This is what you need to do, go do it, and highly directed. But transformational leaders are people who say, hey, how do you think we should do this? What's mm -hmm. the best way? What are your ideas? How do we move forward? And I think as, you know, as companies, you know, I'm in the middle of my career, so to speak, so I'm in my 40s, and most of my team is a Gen Zer workforce because we're in social and digital. And, uh, it, but it's how do you take that and how do you connect it together? There are definitely times where we need to be somewhat transactional because of the needs of the organization. However, more often than not, the, the best ideas are coming from the bottom up. They're coming from all aspects of the organization. So I think mm -hmm. that is what, like flipping the whole um, hierarchy on its side, basically, and just flattening out the organization and, and having engaging conversations. Mm -hmm. So talk us through what, what that actually means in reality in terms of I'm an employee of Disney and um, I want to, you know, get my voice heard. I want to people to listen to my opinion sort of thing. And, and, and you want to hear that as an employer. What does that actually look like practically on a sort of day to day basis? Yeah, I think it plays out in a couple of ways, at least for what, what we're trying to do. So one of the ways is we are going to our, our cast members, our employees, and yeah. finding finding those stories and finding the most authentic stories, whether it's a career journey, whether it's even personal, you know, mental health journey, maybe, uh, you know, some of our employees run marathons, they go from couch to 5k, or um, really personal, you know, about an adoption story, um, volunteering in the community, all of these kinds of things and digging a little bit deeper. We find these stories and we want to tell them on, and we have our Disney Parks blog site, which we also have a cast life section on that. And so we are putting those stories out there and we want people to comment. We want people to share. We want people to send them places. And and really organically, it's gotten people to then come to us saying, you know, then I have a really good story or this, my teammate has this really good story and we want to really be able to share it. So that is one yeah. way that we're starting to engage in the storytelling. Another way is we partner um, 
we partner with our careers um, talent acquisition marketing team. And there are several social channels around Disney career, Disney college programs. And we have also our Disney global ambassadors around the world who have Instagram followings and Instagram sites. And so we're leveraging a lot of going out there and seeing what our employees and our cast members are already doing, especially our college program kids. And I say kids because I'm old and I can say that. Um, <laughs> and they are, they are great. They have, they are the ones that are on TikTok and they're already talking about their experience. They're already posting and doing really cool videos and reels on Instagram of their experience working for the company. I mean, from, you know, they're getting ready in the morning, they're putting on their name tag, they're snapping their fingers and they do that cool edit where now they're suddenly in their costume, they're in their area. And, you know, there's just yeah. so much UGC content out there. And so we've actually been actually t going and finding that and saying, hey, can we share this? Can we share this on our Disney Parks blog? Can we share this on our sites? Can we amplify this for you? And I mean, they, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm a celebrity. You know, I can't believe it. They're taking <laughs> yeah. my story and my content and they're sharing it. So so those are a few of the ways that we've been um, really trying to to engage in that conversation. So to your point, that did uh, has opened the gate too for people to start wanting to talk more and wanting a little bit more dialogue. And we have been engaging our leaders, I think, more in like coffee and coffee with type conversations, you know, and tea conversations mm -hmm. and roundtables and places too. So I think it's not just replacing some of those traditional ways that we communicate, but it's a yes and. Um, yes. because we, we also have Josh DeMauro, who's our chairman of Parks and Resorts. He's extremely active on LinkedIn. He's active on Instagram. And so he is always getting fan mail. He's always getting questions. He's always getting stuff. And him and his team, of course, you know, we all really try to address like, okay, here's where the themes are. Here's what people are, are, you know, concerned about. And we wouldn't know that if we weren't on social and we weren't trying to be part of the conversation as opposed to trying to ignore that conversation or, you know, sticking with our old school transactional ways of communication. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the hurdles or the sort of difficulties, risks of having this sort of advocacy and transformational way of working with your, I'm going to say cast members now, I keep saying employees, don't I? Cast members. <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> Sorry. I know we're unique in that, you know, nobody else calls them cast members. Unless you're a Broadway or a West End show, right? You know, usually when you're <laughs> yeah. a cast member. So, okay. <laughs> so I think, I mean, some of the hurdles, um, I mean, I think one of, one of them is an obvious one is when people post their content out there or when we actually share somebody's UGC content, we also have to take a look at their account and make sure they're not posting anything else that would be degrading to our brand. And Disney, we are... We are big brand protectors. We want to make sure that, you know, Disney Disney's brand stays true. And um, mm. so that is definitely one of the things. I mean, another hurdle is, um, and we are really trying to actually do what we call like a an employee advocacy program in more of a creator lab type of thing. We would love to have some of our frontline cast members. So those are the cast members that work in the park, whether it's attractions or food or merchandise, et cetera. We are partnering with our employee relations, our labor relations, our human, you know, human resources teams to try to figure out like, how do we do this? And how do we make sure, because they are hourly cast and most of our cast members are union. So how do we do this without overstepping, without making it, you know, violating their contracts from a union perspective? How do we make sure that they're getting paid as part of this, you know, kind of experiment? So 
I'm hopeful mm -hmm. we're we've been having great conversations, but I think that's definitely in and of itself a bit of a hurdle. Um, I know some organizations don't have the same dy union dynamics that Disney does. So again, not not insurpassable, and we're optimistic, but definitely a lot more stakeholders and a lot more conversations to be had when you start um, trying to roll out these types of programs and initiatives. And then I think yeah. the last thing is really change and people are you know don't like change and that goes for you know we have an organization with and i don't want to just pick on our tenured people because i'm a tenured cast member and i actually love change i, I thrive on it and it, it keeps me going and growing um but i think for a lot of people it's very to them it feels very risky because you really are saying i'm going to open the door for people to say things whatever and create content and put it out there on the world stage, as opposed to, you know, controlling it and trying to control the message, control the content and everything behind mm. the firewall, so to speak, for the company. Um, mm. But this, but this is, if we don't break down those barriers and we don't do this, we are going to be the dinosaurs of, of the, of the world of companies. This is not what our youngest, you know, workforce wants. And frankly, I think the authenticity that we we see in the world today and the desire for more authenticity and, and real talk, I think it just lends itself to that. And and so with that, yes, comes risk. And, you know, so you do run into some mm -hmm. risk adverse leaders and people. And so it's convincing mm -hmm. them like this is a good idea. I promise. Can we OK? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so some of that sort of that convincing of other people, what would you say the benefits are of this? Um, to sort of all the stakeholders, so to the company, the the consumer, and to the individual. I mean, you've mentioned a few already about um, you know the cast member feeling famous, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess feeling uh, loved by the company. Um, but you know, as a as a consumer, what's that doing for me when I see those stories? Yeah, I you know there's a stat that I'm going to totally butcher. I think that LinkedIn had shared. <laughs> Um, that people are, I think, 10 times more likely to believe someone who works for a company rather than believing the company itself. So a nice right. way to say yeah. nobody wants propaganda anymore, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. and I love it because to me, it, it does drive that authentic feel, the transparency of it all. And um, frankly, a lot of companies, when you see their statements or whatever, it just sounds like a lot of corporate jargon and just corporate speak. So, you know, 50 hands have looked at it, including a legal team or HR to say, you know, this is our watered down version of it. I think what benefits our consumers for this is, hey, don't believe me as a quote unquote company, you know, person, advocate, comms person. Don't believe the spokesperson. Take a look for yourself. These are our college program or, you know, frontline cast members who are out there day to day. They're the ones creating their own content. They're the ones talking about the company. We're just trying to amplify what they're already doing. And mm -hmm. I think that's what's going to speak to consumers is like, wow, okay, if they're saying that's a fun place to work or they're showing us, you know, some kind of the inside scoop and, and how they're getting an opportunity to experience first things, you know, that I, hopefully that helps our employment brand, frankly, yeah. and that people do see that it's a pretty cool place to work and visits, right? As a guest and come to our parks if, if it's a good mm. experience for employees. Mm. Mm. So, so I guess it's that, guests. as you say, sorry, sorry go ahead. I was gonna say, I guess it's, that's that whole transparency thing as well, isn't it? That almost because of the nature of how things operate in the park, some consumers might believe it's all 
a sort of a huge facade they've been told to be happy and look like they enjoy mm-hmm. what they're doing <laughs> sort of thing and actually what you're sharing is the reality of them saying that they really do <laughs> rather than as you say the propaganda mm-hmm. of it yeah yeah mm-hmm. no absolutely mm-hmm. and I think I think anybody wants to you know scroll through TikTok long enough and you can look up hashtag Disney cast life you'll see there are a lot of cast members who are loving so much of their job and sure, yes. you're you're always going to come across a few that may not say some you know nice things, but rather than trying to bury those or hide them, it's like, well, that was that that person experience. But far and wide, um, majority of our cast they come here because they love what they do. They love the brand, yeah. they love the guests, they love you know the experience. Um, and again, not like anywhere, not everywhere is perfect. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I mean, they're the ones out there sharing it, and we just want to join them in the conversation and give them a stage and give them an opportunity to, to share, you know, their experience. Mm. Mm. So thinking about everything that that you're doing and is being done in terms of engaging your uh, cast members currently, what's one thing you wish you could do to transform the current employee experience that you haven't done already? What's, what's the one thing or as many things as you like. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I, I, I was, you know, just as I'm thinking about this, I, uh, at somewhere in HR, if they listen to this, they're going to be like, don't say that, but I'm going to say it anyway. If I could give, <laughs> if I could give every single one of our cast members a mobile device that is company issued, um, yep. that we then say, yes, go forth and, I mean, use it to look up the information on the Disney Experiences apps to answer guest questions you know, use it for, you know, you can trade shifts with a friend. Um, You can talk to your leader through it. I mean, we have a Cast Life app that's available, but, but you know, with the constraints we have today is most of it is for news events and offers. And we encourage them to look at it off the clock. So yes, if I, if Mm -hmm. I had a crystal, if I had a magic wand and I could go bippity boppity boo, (laughs) I would give everybody a device and, um, and a device that also had their language preference and you know all the information that they needed in one place yes yeah and of course of course the irony being that you're disney you should be able to just wave your magic wand <laughs> you, i know you would think you would think Where if you only we had when you need her i know probably in a parade somewhere and not paying attention to what our communication needs are no i'm just kidding <laughs> oh i know i know it's a big work so Yes. Yeah. yeah. So let's just um sort of think for a bit about what what you do and what your team do and, and how you do it. What sort of skills do you think are really important for comms professionals now and, and for the future? Because as you've said already, you know, things have changed a lot in, in recent years and, and you know this this advocacy program is a, a good example of you know the next level of of communications within within and outside of organizations I guess what skills do you think are really important and what skills do you think need to be developed for the future yeah it's funny I was just having a conversation with a colleague of mine who has been at the company even longer than I have and we were just talking about this and how gosh I don't know 10 plus years ago we would hire people into these communication roles that were journalism majors or, you know, mm-hmm. excellent writers and really good at all the different AP style or Greg manual or MLA or pick a style that we, one of us had to learn in college at some point. And it was all about being able to write long form, right? Long form and articles and being grammarians, if you will. 
And truly, I feel like it's actually, that actually does not help the type of communication we're doing today. It's more in the style of a tweet. And I find that actually, and I'm not saying everybody, so I don't want to vastly generalize all of our, you know, fabulous journalism majors and, and writers out there. But I think what I have experienced with my team and teams that I've led is it's really hard for those people to make that mental shift into writing a tweet or a a size of a tweet or even three sentences that says everything you need to say about this particular like photo captions essentially old school photo Uh captions is essentially what you need for Instagram right and and what you need for Twitter and all these other things and I think so it's been very difficult for that so I would say that you know somebody who maybe isn't the strongest long-form writer it's that's fine I need someone who can cut through all of that and give me like just a few sentences of exactly what I need to hear. And it helps yeah. it to speak like a normal human. So not all the corporate flowery, jargony stuff that we were all right. Ra- I was raised to write that way as well. So I get it. Yeah. But, and when you just talk mm-hmm. conversationally, just speak to humans, right? Um, so yeah. I think that's one thing. I think another skill, I mean, just nim- nimble and agile, I think is so key. And people like we used to be able to to plan before social media. Now I'm really aging myself. So when I, you know, started in communications, there were no, there was no social media. So you could have long lead times of, you know, projects and we could plan and we could put things on paper and we could think about it and we can, you know, have plenty of time to write things. And now with a 24 seven news cycle, it's, we need people that it's okay to do 70% and go. It's all right. That yeah. we just need from a time sensitive perspective get this out quickly, feel okay about it and move on. And if there's mm-hmm. a mistake or if something, you know, doesn't, isn't as good as it could have been or whatever. And it's like, well, the new cycle literally flips over by the next day and nobody remembers. Yeah. So I think right. also just, you know, being good, but being quick and being nimble, but also recognizing that, you know, and we need more leaders to be like this too. Like there's nothing there's no such thing as perfection and one's perfect is another's imperfect. So we have mm-hmm. to be comfortable with getting rid of all the layers of approvals, all the 50,000 people that think, you know, that needs to look at something and just to get things quickly out the door. And I think that's another yeah. critical thing too. people that we can hire people you can trust. They can quickly create something and push it out there in a timely manner. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the, mm-hmm. I think the last thing I would say is just somebody who's really comfortable just operating in the gray, so to speak. And just because it's not a, a black and white world anymore. It's, it hasn't been for a long time. I think COVID just mm. sort of really pushed us into, you know, the gray areas of, of everything and every topic, but I think communications and channels are no different. So we have to be, feel good about, you know, we're not sure if this is going to work, we, you know, and, and it can change tomorrow. I mean, social media platforms, I mean, TikTok wasn't a thing just a few years ago. And now it's like, no. you know, it out. so being nimble to go, Hey, we need to go check out and see what that, that looks like. And is that something we want to get on board with? Is that something we want to leverage and, and keep mm. moving and evolving? Um, and yeah. I think for some people, it's, that's really hard to do. They're just not comfortable evolving, I think. And, and sort of operating in this world of, you know what, I don't know what six months from now we're going to be doing. I just don't mm. because it could mm. evolve by then. And that, and we have to be okay with that. And not yeah. everybody. Yeah. I think it's exciting nice. personally. I think it's a cool yeah. place to be. But so, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I, um, I, I did spend a period of time early um, in the early days of social media, actually specializing in social media marketing. And uh, 
I'm working with an organization as an HR advisor at the moment and we're talking about our recruitment and all that sort of stuff and and I've made a note to talk to my 16 year old daughter about using TikTok for recruitment because <laughs> I've, oh, I've yes. read somewhere that it might be useful and I'm like I, I don't really have any a real need to get that involved in TikTok, but I know she knows about it. So I thought, <laughs> tap into tap into your resources. Who you know? It's not what you know, it's who you know. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And Joe, I can give you a great real life example for that, how we've used it. Um, so we have these roles on our team called social media coordinators. Um, and mm-hmm. and we went through all the traditional recruitment type of places um, that, that normally recruiters go to, you know, job boards, et cetera. And we get, and these are popular roles. These are the people who are literally creating a lot of the content on that you see like on Disney Parks blog and and both on TikTok, Instagram and other places. Well, so we get probably a few hundred, right? Easily applicants, Mm -hmm. excited, et cetera. They decided, the team decided to do a TikTok video um, advertising the social media coordinator, super fun, super cute video. And they got, I think, a few thousand applicants. Like people wow. just went crazy for the job. <laughs> and what's awesome is like, that's actually really the audience they were targeting anyway, because they mm-hmm. want these social media coordinator roles to be yeah. of that kind of college program age, if you will, for us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so we definitely have a case study that, you know, you're welcome. You're welcome to use there. There you go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, worked. it worked. <laughs> For the right thing and the right message and the right yes. role. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. You have to, to your point, you know, social media, it's like every, every platform has its different audience. So yes. Yeah. 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 That's great. Though. Lovely. Thank you, Colin. It's been so interesting talking to you today. I really appreciate your time. Oh, it was the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for having me. And just to let you know, next week, um, Andy Gorham is back hosting the show. And we're hoping we've got somebody from the Phoenix group to speak to us. But uh, we're in negotiation over who it will be at the moment. So uh, watch this space. If it's, if it's not them, then we'll have another plan. So uh, Andy will be back with you next week. Engage for Success Radio. Raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.